Someone sent me a text that contained a quote by Dr. Seuss. And the quote was, I like nonsense. It wakes the brain cells. Fantasy is a necessary ingredient in living. Simultaneously, I'd received some text messages from my friends today in our daily group chat. And we were talking about everything from the video that I think the Pentagon released, another UFO video released by the government that's now, you know, mainstream. And everybody's, you know, talking about, or maybe not everybody, but it's being mentioned, you know, in the mainstream now, and I, I started to think, okay, let's combine the two, shall we? Like, and let's take the two concepts of a free thought and thinking nonsense, and really just start constructing a hypothesis, a theory of what we really do think is going on. Because right now, most of us should be aware, at least people that are listening, that something isn't quite right with this world. Um, I've said this before, uh, and I'll say it again. You have been lied to your whole life about everything. I mean, everything has just been a continuous like program that as you get older, you start realizing, wait, that wasn't knowledge I was being taught. I was being was being programmed, right? I was listening to Osho, who I'd never listened to before, but as is typical and normal of me, it seems like I come to conclusions and then later on I find books that support what it is that I've sort of been thinking about. So I've always kind of said that my life seems to be operating in reverse, so to speak. Um, and uh, you know, Osho was no different. Um, but in it, he, he talked about how we're all prisoners. And he made some good points. Um, he said, you know, all these borders and boundaries that we think are meant to protect us aren't really meant to protect us. They're meant to imprison us. They're meant to keep us in certain places. And... I sort of expanded that to mean to also sort of define labels. I hate labels. Um, when you label someone, you define them. And the reading of Osho helped me realize why I don't like being defined because it's a sort of prison, right? It's a mental trap. Once you accept a label for yourself, you then can find all that is great about you to a certain set of behaviors and beliefs. And you then get limited by a label that you've adopted. And so I vehemently avoid labels. And people, when they try to label you, they also seek to imprison you, right? If you're a free thinker, if you believe in you know, thinking about things on your own, thinking critically, formulating your own ideologies about life, the universe, and everything, questioning what you've been taught by people who are no smarter than yourself, 
you are labeled a conspiracy theorist at best and just outright fucking crazy at worst, at the most extreme. Um, Labels. And so because of a fear of labels, a lot of people who do think critically, who do think freely, who question official stories and things of that nature also tend to self self-censor right so they're thinking one thing but they won't say what they're thinking or they'll hedge their thoughts because they're concerned that if they say the wrong thing to the wrong person they're going to get labeled whatever label and then at the opposite end the danger of labels is that a person could be speaking truth. But because it goes against a particular programmed narrative, that truth that you ought to be listening to, you instead reject. And thus you miss out on information on knowledge that could improve your life your quality of life and ease your suffering so that's the danger the many dangers of labels right but we still utilize it i like i like theorizing and i like theorizing with other people i like I think it was, was it Dale Carnegie? Was it Dale Carnegie? Think and Grow Rich. No, it was Napoleon Hill. And he talked about forming what he called mastermind groups. And my mastermind groups, um, I will rephrase them as a group of other conscious beings, other free thinkers that you commune with weekly, daily, however often, but often, and you sort of form this like a mini hive mind of other free thinkers and start really delving into challenging questions and challenging ideologies, um, but basically a free thinking group, um, harnessing the power of groupthink, but for the positive. And, um, I'm a big advocate of that, Um, and I think that if you're listening to this and a lot of the things that I've been saying has been sort of resonating with you, it would behoove you, instead of trying to get convinced people who clearly don't understand where you're coming from, right, and are just going to label you crazy or dismiss you, like it's obvious, um instead of kind of wasting your time trying to convince people that you know what you're talking about, find other people who are in the same group. And I'm not sure how you can do that, but I I think once the desire to find such a group is expressed, this reality has a way of pointing you down the path that you have expressed a desire uh, to be on. And... um, and just start having sort of free thought, judgment-free conversations, you know. 
that's what this podcast, one of the purposes behind this podcast is, is to, one, alert other people who are free thinkers, right? The people who are labeled crazies and kooks and conspiracy theories and all of that other crazy stuff, right? And people who maybe were starting to think, okay, wow, like, is there is there something really wrong with me? Because I don't, just because I'm not hopping on the bandwagon and believing everything that I'm told, right? It's to, it's to, it's to quietly, gently connect with those people to let them know, no, you're not crazy. Yes, maybe everything that you sort of believe in, that, you know, all your conclusions that you form separately of what the masses have been programmed to believe, they might, all, might not all be true. You know, I know that half the stuff or a lot of the stuff that I talk about may not all be true. That's not the point, right? The accuracy is not the point. It's more the exercise of free thought that's more important. Free thinking is more important. Free thinking is more important than, quote-unquote, being right. Because ultimately, it's a better, it's a better exercise for the mind, right? And you don't know, none of us are really going to know for a fact what is right and what is wrong. I mean, sometimes things seem right in one generation and ends up being wrong the next generation. I mean, we're all aware of that. So that doesn't matter. But when you've lived in a society for so long that tells you you know, everything an authority figure says is true. And your observations, your own observations, your own sense-based observations, perceptions, thoughts should be dismissed in lieu of what somebody outside of you, groups of people, groupthink, authority figures, whatever. That's a problem. Right, so the exercise in the mastermind group, the exercise of having a mastermind group isn't to come up with, you know, the ultimate answer to life, the universe, and everything. That's not the purpose. It's just to get into a habit, to get into an exercise of just thinking freely. You know, we live in a society that promotes physical exercise, right? But not so much psychological exercise. And as a result, a lot of us are sort of stuck. And as a result, society is subsequently also stuck, right? Lacking creativity, lacking innovation, right? It's just, it's a small percentage of people who basically say, who really have to gather the courage, right? To say, I I don't care what people think. I'm just, I'm just going to have to trust my own self. But 
that's, that takes a tremendous amount of courage. And not every free thinker has that level of courage. And so a lot of free thinkers get kind of lost to the crowd, not in the crowd, lost to the crowd. And they lose themselves and they lose what makes them special. So to get together with a group and to just think freely, just think about whatever, talk about whatever, whatever they think. And it's a judgment-free group. It's healthy. It's good. It's a good practice. You know, you have religious groups of people, you know, they call it Bible study. And it's basically just an indoctrination group where they go around and they basically really drive in deeply the indoctrination that, you know, of the religious indoctrination. So why can't the opposite also be practiced? Why not have a de-indoctrination group where you really start you get together in a collective, and you can do this in Zoom. You can do this in group chat. Yeah. And you really start challenging everything, everything, questioning everything, and get into the habit of doing that. You don't even have to. It doesn't even, if, if that sounds too revolutionary for you, okay, let's back off of that. It could just be a creative thinking group, like literally sitting and acknowledging that, you know what, everything we've been taught about history is coming, we're coming to find out that it's not what it seems, right? So let's just mastermind what we think reality, the nature of reality is. It could be anything. I've said in previous episodes, like, that I personally don't think from what I've read that aliens come from out of space and I've, I've stated why I've come to that conclusion you don't have to believe that those are my conclusions it's not the conclusion that matters is the fact and the freedom the mental freedom that it took for me to allow my brain the space in which to come to that conclusion in the first place to say you know what i met these people here they seem to be there's evidence like for example of nasa and the iss faking videos and like i said don't go on google to search this go on DuckDuckGo because google censors stuff and DuckDuckGo, i'm sure they censor stuff too but not as badly and tap in iss fails you'll see you know, the wires breaking and things of that incongruency. So for me, that those videos, coupled with the fact that um, astronauts repeatedly have said, can't get past low Earth orbit, um, has brought me to that conclusion. Um, or to the conclusions that I came to. I'm not saying that they're fact. It's more a celebration of, a, of coming to my own conclusion and that exercise. Of letting my brain the freedom to theorize. That's important. So for me, the Mandela effect I've sort of played with. 
in the back of my mind. There's, there was, I would say 85% of me feels like a lot of what people have talked about, you know, is accurate. And the Dolly racist things, that one was crazy for me. Bernstein bears was a big one. But it seems like whenever I would get like a revelation of like something like not being consistent with what I remember or something just not making sense in terms of the Mandela effect, it's like a part of my brain would slip, like the 15% of my brain would slip back to like this hypnosis. And I call it hypnosis because I, it's just a lack of a better word. I can't think of anything else that explains it. I slip back to just accepting reality for what it is. So 85 of my percent of my brain knew up until a couple of days ago knew for a fact that we were in a simulation but the 15 percent was what kept pulling me back into like normative perception of reality until I was having the conversation in what I will call my mastermind group now because that's what is starting to serve. The purpose of that group is starting to serve the group chat that I've alluded to over several episodes, several previous episodes. Um, and I went to search for political body doubles. And then I remember back in 2016, when I think it was September 11th, 2016, Hillary Clinton had like passed out during the memorial. And then people had claimed that she had used a body double and so I went to type in Hillary, and it autocorrected to Hillary with two L's. And I paused. And what made me pause was back in September 11, 2016, I had done a post on my Instagram page that I used to run before uh, it got censored <laughs> for obvious reasons. Um, and I went to type in Hillary with two L's because that's how I knew her name was spelled, which is H-I-L-L-A-R-Y. And it auto-corrected to Hillary with one L. And I was like, that's really weird. I thought it was two L's. And so I went and I searched Hillary Clinton and I remember this. You can't, I don't. I don't care if you don't believe in the Mandela effect. You cannot tell me what I remember. And I'm passionate about that and I'm adamant about that because it was very recent and I remember it was like my brain. I mean, I'm an artist, so I've got a sort of photographic memory anyway, but I recorded the moment in which I went to search for her name and it said Hillary with one L. And I took mental pictures of that. And I was like, that's really fucking weird. Since when has her name had just one L? But being the asshole that I am, I went and I posted and I typed in two L's anyway because I'm stubborn. And I was like, that's her name. And it even auto-corrected to Hillary with one L because I was using my iPhone And I went back and I stubbornly changed it back to 2L. So I remember this. This was not that long ago. It's just four years ago. You know, all the other things with the Mandela effect, like Fruit Loops and Flintstones and Febreze and Depends and Mirror Mirror versus Magic Mirror and Luke, I am your father. 
those could be sort of like tabled Bernstein bears, Bernstein bears. That one was a big one for me, but it was still like, they were still kind of older memories. So I wasn't certain, but this one I knew because I stopped and I went and searched for it. And I was like, her name has never had one L. That's a weird way to spell Hillary, first of all. Um, and I stubbornly used two L. So then when I went to go search for her name again, um, in the conversation a couple of days ago that I was having with my mastermind group, um, it pulled up Hillary with two L's. And that's when I was like, oh, okay, here we go. That was it for me. That 15%, the hypnosis that that 15% held over me to keep trying to lure me back into accepting base reality as real, quote unquote, it died. It just diminished. And so I, at that point, and 15% is actually pretty steep. I would say it was closer to like 5%. But at that point, it became like, okay, we're definitely in a simulation because now it's gone back from the single L to the double L and I couldn't find anything on the internet except for one ticket. It was like it was scrubbed. Any evidence of her name ever being Hillary with one L was gone. Now, if you are familiar with the Mandela effect, you've heard certain theories. Um, my theory is that your consciousness shifts from is constantly shifting um, realities and the reason why I think that is based on a lot of the books that I've read about quantum physics that basically says that um, there are a lot of theoretical physics that says that for every choice you make you get shifted to another probable reality I've talked about this on my other podcasts um the Dark Oracle's Guide to the Multiverse, and saying that, and on my YouTube channel as well, saying that the reality that you desire already exists. You just have to navigate your consciousness to that. So I've said, I've said this, but the hypnosis that this world holds on you—it's almost like the reverse of like when you wake up and you're trying to remember a dream, but it's like slipping. It's the opposite of that, where you try to remember that this is just a simulation, but it slips and you get sucked into the, the the quote-unquote reality of all of it um but this is theoretical physics um but there is you know obviously math that supports it that your your consciousness is flexible so it's it shifts and so to me the mandela effect being real um isn't that wasn't that much of a stretch a stretch to accept just because of like the scientific data that backs it um but like I said there's that small percentage of your brain that just keeps kind of leaving it or wanting to kind of shift back to what you've known which is this being base reality um but that was it for me the, the because there was there's no explanation I know what I saw I know that it was just one L you can't tell me well it's always been two L's because my response to that is, yes, for you, it may have always been two L's for, in Hillary Clinton's name for you. But at one point, 
in my reality experience, I toggled to a reality where her la- for her first name rather only had one L. So I'm not about to sit here and argue with you because your argument is coming from an uneducated and ignorant perspective where you're not understanding how this reality works, how this world works. And you're not conscious of the fact that reality isn't fixed. You're not conscious of the fact or you haven't taken, your t- taken the time to educate yourself on the fact that parallel multiverses do exist. And I have. I have spent many years reading and self-educating myself on so many books on physics, quantum physics, theoretical physics, um, and all these other sort of sciences to understand a topic that in the past I would have been intimidated by. So if you don't have the background in it and you don't have the experience that I have had to couple with that background, I'm not going to have a conversation with you because I'm not going to allow somebody externally to challenge my perception of my reality. See, that's the problem. See, we live in a world, in this simulation, in this reality, simulated reality. We are programmed that, like I said, to not trust our own perceptions, our own reality. So like a couple of, was it a couple of weeks ago, a month ago, whatever, I saw you before I recorded it. And instead of just holding steadfast in, I saw a fucking UFO, I recorded it. I then had to take this extra step of trying to convince other people to accept what I saw so that I could be then convinced about what I saw. And we're all, we all do this. You think something and then we seek external validation consistently. I mean... Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, that's all external validation. I think I'm a good person, but I need other people to tell me I'm a good person. I think I'm attractive, but I need other people to tell me I'm attractive. I think I'm a great artist, writer, singer, but I need the validation of other people. Why do you need that? Well, because that's programmed. So I could be sitting here right now and a fucking alien could fucking apparate right in front of me and flash me his dick or whatever, <laughs> or his dicks. And the first thing I would do would be to turn to somebody next to me, in this case, my husband, and say, did you see that? And then if he didn't see it, then my next response or reaction would be to say, okay, then there's something wrong with me. Why, there's, why does it have to be something wrong with me just because somebody else didn't have the same experience? I can paint at this point photorealistically. Okay? I don't finish a painting and then turn to somebody else who doesn't paint and say, hey, can you paint this? Their response is obviously going to be no. Well, clearly there's something that's different from me and them that allows them to be able to perform something that a lot of people cannot do. Michael Jordan can dunk. He doesn't dunk and then turn around and look at the rest of us and go, hey, I can't, I can dunk and you guys can't tell me I'm okay. No, he knows that he's the shit. 
because he's capable of doing something that other people can't do. And that behavior, that action is thus validated by, you know, millions of dollars in, you know, contracts and advertising dollars and things like that. But for the opposite, when a person says, I perceived this, I saw a UFO, or I felt something, or I sensed something, or I had an intuitive something, or I had a dream that was able to kind of foresee a futuristic, uh, a future event, and all these other things. The first mistake that person does is they doubt themselves. The second mistake they do is they go to other people for validation. And then the third mistake is if that person says, well, that's not true, they accept it. That has to stop. It has to stop. Now, the question is that some of you are probably thinking, well, what about mental illness? What about mental illness? How do we know that every person that has been labeled as mentally ill is truly mentally ill or is not just capable of something that the rest of us are incapable of? I've said before, we are told that ESP is not not something that's real, but there are government-run programs that investigate ESP. So they get us to believe that it's not real while they run and, and, and dictate millions of dollars or dedicate rather millions of dollars to investigating psi phenomenon. We are told that hip, hypnosis is like just a parlor trick, but there is countless evidence of psychologists, doctors, once again, defense budgets geared to hypnosis, mass hypnosis, the practice of hypnosis. Stop it. Stop doubting yourself. It's not even just like if you want to take your mind out of the esoteric and just look at base level stuff. How many of you guys have had like an invention or an idea? And then the first thing you do is you turn and you ask somebody outside of yourself. Instead of just trusting that, hey, this is a good idea. And just fucking rolling with it. Which is what all of these self-help books about starting your own business they all say when you have an idea don't tell somebody else because what they do is they negate it and then it never comes to fruition that's a shitty habit that we all engage in how many ideas how many great business ideas have you had or have you known people to have that the moment it comes to their minds they turn to the person next to them and ask what do you think about this idea and that person next to them just happens to be a hater or not very creative not very imaginative and they say oh that's a dumb idea and then that's where the idea dies stop fucking doing that if you have an idea if you know that the person you're going to turn to is not a conscious individual they're programmed they're living a programmed life in every other aspect then don't expect them to respond in a way that's not going to be programmed which is going to be negative which is going to be critical which is going to pull you down which is going to negate your creative energy. I've come to the point now, and, and I, 
you guys have been on a journey with me um to my regular listeners so you hear me you hear me when i when i say certain things it's like there's an internal battle happening because there's a part of me that says you know why should i have to hedge my words when i'm coming to certain conclusions like if i want to say something like well, i think trump's funny you know why do i have to hedge it with i mean i'm not a trump supporter or anything and in the past you know I've, I've, I did not vote for him and I don't intend to vote for him, but I think it's, that's so fucking, like so many wasted words, but it's because there's a part of me that like feels like that's a that's 15% that feels like I should still give a fuck about what a stranger thinks about my conclusions. And then there's this 85% that's like, fuck that. It's a free country. You have the right to think whatever the fuck you want. You also have the right to within reason, as long as you're not harming anybody, say whatever the fuck you want. Ask whatever the fuck you want. Hello? But we're busy pulling each other down. And I'm not even going to go that far because I don't think we're all pulling each other down. I think that there are people in this reality that it's there. And I've said this in previous episodes and in other podcasts that not everybody... Most people are not conscious, and consciousness is not a given. And I've mentioned Osho, and like I said, I'll come to conclusions, and then my higher self, my daemon, whatever you want to call it, will navigate me to a book randomly, quote-unquote randomly, and then almost verbatim, these books will say exactly what I said in a podcast like months ago or weeks ago. It's wild. But in the Osho book I was I stumbled across a couple of days ago, it mentioned Gurdjieff. And Gurdjieff was saying, he mentioned Gurdjieff. And Gurdjieff was saying that most people that you run into are not human. Which is, you know, you take it with a grain of salt. I don't think that they're not human. I would take that to mean that they're just not conscious. And what I've said is consciousness is a muscle it has to be exercised just like free thought is a muscle it has to be exercised if you turn on the news most of the news what it's reporting on are unconscious people behaving unconsciously Gurdjieff back in the early 1900s said yeah majority of the people he called them whites I think um but he said the majority of people you're going to interact with aren't going to be asleep. They're robots. They're mechanical. They're programmed. These are modern words to explain recurring themes. So if you look up and you are a free thinker, but you turn on the TV and you see a bunch of unconscious people and you start going like, why aren't I, why am I different? Okay, why, why are you asking? Why are you different? You just are. Look at that and go, okay, well, I'm not like that. So this stuff doesn't apply to me. And go find conscious people. And if you are in the middle of talking to somebody and like literally in the midst of talking to somebody and they're echoing stuff, that's clearly just a program response. And maybe you try to get through them once or you try to get through them twice and you're like, wait, 
No, you're not awake. There's nothing wrong with walking away. It's okay. It doesn't mean there's anything wrong with them. They're just unconscious. And at some point in your hundreds of incarnation, because that's the other thing, all right? Like you think that this is the only life that you've had, but it's not. You think that this is the only incarnation that you've had, but it's not. Stored within your DNA are the experiences of all the people who you call ancestors that came before you. It's their memory, the body, the DNA holds memory. But stored within your higher self, within your consciousness, are also past memories of your past experience. Coupled together, you're going to know some shit. You're going to realize some shit. I read somewhere, I don't remember where, sorry, um, but I read somewhere that so you can't, you don't really learn anything. You can't learn something you didn't already know. I'll say it again. This was actually like in a psychology book. It said you don't really, you're not really learning. There's no, you can't learn something that you don't already know. You can't learn something you don't already know. Well, where did that knowledge come from? You can look at it from a scientific perspective and say, well, that knowledge is stored in your DNA from the ancestors, your great-great-great-grandparents, and all of their experiences stored in the body, stored in the DNA. It's code. It's data. DNA is just data. It's, it's information. And your consciousness, your soul can access that. And then I say something, and then that wakes you up a bit and you remember oh shit that's true like where's that memory coming from so if I say I don't think aliens are from outer space and you scoff at that and you should stop and ask yourself what are you scoffing at how do you know I'm wrong have you been to outer space Or if I say, you know what, I saw a fucking UFO. I'm not saying believe everything that you hear, but that's the problem. We believe everything that we are told. And then the things from just regular people who are, like, you, you, can, you have the spirit of discernment. If a person is talking to you and they, they seem sane, I mean, you can tell when a person is not sane, not, they don't have their faculties, but somebody that you are talking to and they seem sane, and they say, they say to you, I had this dream. I'm not saying accept it 100%, but hear them out. If they say, I saw some shit, hear them out. But you're programmed to dismiss each other and accept programming from people you don't even know. You don't know who's pushing these stories out. You don't know who programmed you to believe X, Y, and Z. I like using the Christopher Columbus um, example because how many years did you live your life being told Christopher Columbus discovered America before you paused and said, wait, but there were already people here. Why aren't we celebrating them? See, you're being programmed. That was a program. And when you accept programming, you can't see what's right in front of you. You're blind. If you're programmed to believe that something isn't possible, then you become blind. 
So if I'm sitting in a room and I see some shit and I turn and I say, do you see that? And the person sitting next to me says, no. Who do I trust? Myself as an individual who continuously, there, I don't go a single day and I have not gone a single day without reading something on theology, on quantum physics, on you name it, philosophy, okay? So, and I eat very clean and I meditate and I keep my mind open and systematically every single day I am deleting shit that was put into my brain by other people and I'm formulating my own perceptions of reality. So I'm opening my mind. And if my mind is open, then I'm able to see other things. So if somebody, I'm able to see things that a normal quote unquote person cannot see. So if I see something based on my life experiences and based on what I've been exposing myself to, why should I expect somebody next to me who's not doing the same thing that I'm doing and training their minds in the same way that I'm training my mind to have the same experience? Hello. I'm doing I'm being foolish. So I guess I'm saying all of that to say this. I, I've reached a point in my in this journey, in this incarnation where I'm no longer gonna be hedging things. I mean I've said that before, but like for real, like I've I've started putting it into practice. I'm just gonna do whatever the fuck I want. And I'm going to say whatever the fuck I want, of course, within reason, right? Like, I'm not going to say certain things to people that I know aren't conscious because of obvious reasons, right? I know how unconscious people react to certain things. So I'm going to use my intuition. I'm going to use my instincts. If I'm talking to a person and I can tell, hey, somebody's in there, I'm going to try to communicate with them. And then if I can, if I have the understanding that, okay, they're, they hear me, they can hear me, then I'll speak. Otherwise, I'm not, I'm keeping my mouth shut, obviously. Not throwing my pearls to swine, so to speak. The people who have changed the world, all the people that we know of, None of them were normal. None of them saw the way, saw the world the way they were programmed to see it. And yet we celebrate them for rising above the adversity brought on by other people who tried to basically pull them down and blind them when they were trying to see, to cover their eyes when they were trying to see with doubt and criticism. We celebrate them, but then when one of us that hasn't achieved notoriety or fame or whatever the fuck for coming up with a philosophy or a mindset or an invention or innovation that changes the world, those people who are trying to open their eyes we demonize and we stigmatize and we label and we imprison. 
I'm not gonna I'm not participating anymore in that. That's bad karma. And honestly, if I say anything or if I have said anything and your response to that is, well, why would you even say that? Like it's critical or you think I'm X, Y, and Z, you're definitely allowed your your thought. Enjoy it. Criticizing people makes people feel good. If it didn't, they wouldn't do it. But there's always a catch, right? Like I've said, you can't program your mind to find something wrong with other people without that mind turning around and abusing you and causing your disorders, your depression, your anxiety, your fear, your worry, your bipolar, all of that. When you get really good at condemning people, you also make your mind really good at condemning yourself. It's all balance. I keep saying it, and I'm going to keep saying it. And I'm sure that's what you guys are listening for because you need the repetition. I need the repetition. That's why I keep saying it. It's all balance. For every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. Every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. When you point your finger, the other fingers point back at you. When you point the finger, the other fingers point back at you. Whatever you sow, so shall you reap. They all, all those analogies, all those euphemisms, all these fables, they all point to the same thing. Everything costs karma. Start seeking out people for a small mastermind group. It doesn't have to be huge. It could just be one more person, two other people even. Find somebody else who's awake because they're alone. I thought I was alone until I started looking and realizing, like, no, I'm not. That's good. And start talking to them and, and, and stop criticizing them. They might say something that sounds off the wall. And as long as you trust that they're not obviously lying, keep an open mind. I'm not saying accept what they're saying. I'm just saying keep an open mind. And at the very least, accept that, okay, well, if they believe that, then they believe that. It's, it's predicated on their experience. And it's true for them. We're not all having the same experience. Right? So for me, I know for a fact that in 2016, Hillary's name switched to an L. You, I don't give a fuck. You come and tell me, well, for me, wasn't. It's always been two L's. Okay, well, that's nice for you. You're not me. I don't have to prove anything to you. I know what I saw and what I experienced, and that's enough. Let's all start thinking for ourselves.